Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week's This Life with Dr. Bob Forrest is courtesy of Bergamot Sport, an all-natural athletic performance-enhancing and muscle recovery supplement with the usual multiple cardiovascular benefits associated with the polyphenols in the Bergamot products. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. All right, welcome, uh, Bob. You want to ladies talk and us gentlemen, in? boys and girls, gather around the iPhone 7s. That's the one that just came out. I suppose and there's an X coming out get, or something, an iPhone I, X. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I Me mean, neither. I get them all. But anyways, it's time for this life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew, or Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest. And we have many on. special guests today. And uh, I'm looking at the book because I was, I was, I was around for some of these okay, events. So hold on. I want to so know the. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> What's the name of the book? Hold on. And you know. Before I introduce the guests, I want to remind everyone that this episode of This Life is courtesy of Bergamot. Bergamet.com, BergametNA.com, and the National Assessment Foundation, Bob. 888-494-9186. And, if you got trouble with drugs and alcohol, call. And as we've been saying, that uh, the reason, that one of the reasons we love this organization is A, well-trained professionals on the phone who can help you. B, they will help everybody. And they do this unbelievable work where they will call you back until they find you a place to go treat, have treatment, whether you have resources or not. And that is exceptional. Nobody else does that. That's the National Assessment Foundation. And But, Bob, as you pointed out on one of our other shows, that you have to be ready for treatment. Yeah, because Aaron and I told this story about I dealing with this guy for three days. You know because you've dealt with... Well, yeah, oh, I can't say who's on the show. So go ahead. Anyways, I'm dealing with an <laughs> addict for three days. He has shitty insurance. Can't find a place out of state. He goes, I don't want to go to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Dr. Bruce Heishober. That's my partner. Bruce's been dealing with that forever. Oh. This life. He's an emergency room doctor, addiction medicine specialist like myself. He is also Dr. Spaz from the Corolla Network. And our very special guest today, we have Stephen yes. Adler and his mom, Deanna Adler. Yeah. And right now, we're just going to talk behind Stephen's back for a minute with Deanna. Her new book is called Sweet Child of Mine. I have it in my hands. It is uh, an extraordinary. Uh, I, I, I was had Deanna on my KBC program about a week ago. And was uh, frankly deeply moved talking to you. Uh, I was. Oh, thank you. Uh, from, from, do you know why? No, I don't know why. Well, well, I know that Stephen is a success story for you, which is helpful, which makes me feel good. But you're a success story, not because of me. Yeah. I, you, you did a lot of work. I could tell. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. Uh, Deanna, when you know, has had to deal with Stephen forever and the, the distortions and the you know, it's hard, it's painful to have a child with addiction. Oh, it's scary. Alan on Norin on, huh? Yeah, Alan on. You want to hear something funny? My daughter-in-law, Carolina. She kept saying to me, "Go to Alanon, go to Alanon." By the way, I had to, I had to, I had to practically take her by the hair to Alanon, Carolina. So oh, really? to hear her saying that yeah. is. Deeply moving to me too. So go ahead. So she said, "Go to Al-Anon. and I said, "No, no, I, I don't want to go to Alanon." The reason I didn't want to go to Alanon was because I didn't want to hear anybody else's problems. Right. I had enough of my own. 
<laughs> so I don't want to hear anybody else's. Can you believe Carolina was telling her to go to LA? I know. That's just phenomenal. But go ahead. So you went. So finally, I went to a meeting. She took me to a meeting. And uh, so I walked out of there, and it made me feel so much better because in reality, I don't have it so bad. <laughs> yeah. you can be, I don't yeah. have it so bad. You can because, be really bad. Yeah. yeah. Your kid's alive for one thing. Yeah, you could be married to him. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. But not just that. But I just listened to these mothers talking. And I said, oh, my God. And I just, so I started going to Al-Anon meetings. And sometimes Stephen makes me to go to, makes me go to AA meetings. So I could understand because I'm not, I don't, well, I don't have an addictive personality. So mm-hmm. I don't understand. Why do you take something that's bad for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would never take anything that's bad for me. Explain, Bob. Well, it just seems like it's a good idea at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a brain thing. It's a yeah. distortion, right? Yeah. It's going to solve problems, but it creates problems. And right. In the moment, you don't see the create problems part. You're only concerned with solving problems. Right. Uh, and even when you know it's not going to solve a problem, there's your part of your brain saying, do that no matter what. Just do and that. And then even when you know it's causing most of your problems, you'll say, yeah, but it's also the thing preventing me from feeling the problems that it's causing. It's just crazy. It's craziness. Yeah. On the way over here, my, I, we're with, I'm with my son Jamie and my son Stephen. And they were talking. And Jamie was saying how he has a friend that does the craziest thing. that he Like he doesn't grow up because mm-hmm. he takes drugs. Right. So Stephen started explaining to Jamie how when, they first, when you first start taking drugs, say it would be 11 or 12 years that's old. That's where you stop. And, that's, and, and Stephen is telling Jamie, Jamie. this. <laughs> this is blowing oh, my mind. Me too, right? <laughs> now mean, you know why I was so moved. You're, you're not going to believe it when you see Stephen uh, and how he is. I stay at his house. You think for one minute that if anything bad was going on in his house, I would stay there? Mm. Forget it. Mm. I stay there for months at a time. I do because he's such a nice guy. And he's so kind he's and so, so generous and so sweet. And he really is. He always has been. Yeah. And, and so you were, but some of the stuff that she talks about in this book. Now, first of all, people I think remember on Celebrity Rehab when Deanna came in and visited Stephen and he threw the chair and talked about distortions right. about you. He had all these memories of you throwing him out on the street and stuff that were distortions. Does he still cop to that or does he still adhere to that? I'll tell you a little story. Her story, her story was, how can I three out at 11? What about your bar mitzvah two years yeah, later? I how do we give you a bar mitzvah? I don't understand what he's talking about. I wish I'd known that then. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you believe what he tells you. I, I don't know what I to believe. What, when people listen, are in their disease, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, right. you can't, you can't uh, believe I, what I he But I know not to say no to somebody because yeah. I need to engage them. You know what I mean? Right. But go ahead. Well, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm sorry. The bar mitzvah. <laughs> you the, bar, the bar mitzvah story. No, no. No, not the... Well, Throwing them out. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait. Give me a second. How sweet he is and that you wouldn't stay at his house if he wasn't, uh, you know, on the right path. I want to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. But now I forgot what the story See, I, It'll come. I, I know I, how that is. I, I'm just a little nervous today. Don't be nervous. This is something new for me. You know, I'm just starting to do this. Oh, so well, <laughs> talk, talk about some of the stories you were mentioning. In the well, book you I've known Stephen this whole time, probably since 83 or something. Just the sweetest guy and, and sweet and naive kind of, right? That's how I would say oh. he was at 20, right? Right. The, what I wanted to say was the story. This is a different story about being on celebrity rehab. Mm. About six months later, after me, I must have been on the on the show for maybe twenty seconds on 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 the screen, and I'm standing in 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 Las Vegas and I'm at a buffet, 
a man and a woman and a little old lady in a wheelchair. <laughs> Did I tell you this story? No. <laughs> a little old, lady, a little old lady in a wheelchair with white hair. She must have been 80 years old. And this couple about in their 40s. So they're staring at me. I'm with some friends. And I said to, my, I said to my friends, I says, what are they looking at me for? I don't know who these people are. Well, eventually they walked over to me and they said, Mrs. Adler? I says, yes. And they said to me, they saw me on Celebrity Rehab. I says, how can you recognize me after six months? <laughs> I was on screen for 20 seconds, and you know who I am? <laughs> and they said, oh, we'll never forget that. We'll never forget you. Oh and then, he's, then they started telling me how much they love Stephen and how wonderful he is and how he, he's the reason that I started playing the drums. And, oh, wow. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> the, same, the same stories, you know. And I said, thank you so very much. I says, when I call Stephen tonight, I will tell him that I met you. Then he gives me his card. And I, he was either an electrician or a plumber, I don't remember. He says, Mrs. Adler, whenever you need some help, just call me. No charge. I says, wow. I says, thank you very much. And then he walks away. And he comes, a few minutes later, he comes back. And he says, Mrs. Adler, you're not the meanest mother in the world. (laughs) (laughs) She is. (laughs) The little old lady in the wheelchair with the white hair. And I said, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And that's a true story. You're not the meanest mother in the world. She is. (laughs) Well, these labels that get thrown around are just defense mechanisms. Because the addict themselves, like what you witnessed Stephen going through for decades, is battling with themselves. And they're trying to find somebody to blame for it. Right? And you got a double-barrel blame. And it was undeserved. And it's ridiculous. I'm... I always try to, let's put it this way, I was so messed up mentally from having a son like that, um, and I think I told you this before, or I told some disc jockey, I don't know, <laughs> I've, I've done it so many times in the last few weeks, I don't know what I said, but um, if somebody has a child that's, or a relative that's on drugs, maybe 10, maybe 15 people know about it, but with me, 30 million people know mm. about it. It's a big it's, it's a big thing, you know, that's oh, you know, I don't tell anybody who I was. I was so ashamed. I wow. was in denial you like you would that. Well, it's true. You never thought of that. Yeah, but you know? now you're an inspiration. You understand well, that. But you want to hear something when I was writing this book, when I finished writing the book, it was so cathartic for me. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And when I finished writing it and I gave it to um the publishers, I I wasn't ashamed anymore. Mm. Wow. My son has a disease, just like if you have asthma yeah. or if you take penis, uh, like insulin or something, he has a disease. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I wasn't ashamed anymore. And I was, I was happy that I wrote the book. I was even happier that it was going to be published. Awesome. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I waited 10 years to have this book published. 10 awesome. years. And um, it's over. It's done with. You know who I am. I'm Deanna Adler. I'm the mother of Stephen Adler. Uh, I'm not the meanest mother in the world. <laughs> I, have the, I have three sons. I love them all. Mm-hmm. They're all good to me. I do anything in the world for them. And um, that's it. Let me ask you something. In, in my experience, I'm codependent. And the addicts in my addicts, alcoholics in my life, what worked for me was that 
the 12 steps and what I share with my patients. Right. And the families are usually, they just don't want to go to Al-Anon, don't want to go to Narnon. But um, the powerlessness, just work, it's like, well, why do I have to work the 12 steps? But for me, it's, it's something that works more than just drugs and alcohol. It, and when you're in a relationship with an addict alcoholic, uh, you don't realize how you feed into that and how you can help break the cycle and I'll do t- what you need for yourself. I'll tell you uh, something. One day I saw Stephen walking down the street. He lived right down the street from me in Las Vegas uh-huh. at this time. He was walking down the street, and I knew he was going to a drug dealer. But I was so ashamed. Somebody's going to see him. The neighbor's going to see him. My friends are going to see him. You drove him. I drove him. That's right. <laughs> I picked him up. I says, where are you going? He says, I'm just going to go visit a friend, Mom. <laughs> and I says, all right, listen, let me take you over there. So, of course, we go to the seediest area North Vegas. Well, no, not it wasn't North Vegas, but it was, it was close to where we lived. It was close. To <laughs> he where didn't we have lived. to go to North Vegas. <laughs> yeah, he knew where to yeah go. I didn't have to go. He, he was, <laughs> it was just down the street, and uh, so I, 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 said, okay, I'll see you later. He says, Ma, wait for me, wait for me. Oh boy. I said, okay. So I'm sitting in the car. I know where he's at. I'm not a dummy. Yeah. I know what he's doing. And um, I'm sitting in the car, and I'm and I'm getting paranoid. The police are looking at me. You know, they have cameras all around. The police yeah, are looking at me. This is a drug. Accompl- d- you're an accomplice. Yeah. The drug dealers. <laughs> you're the, you're they- the driver. <laughs> I'm the driver. Get away. You're imagining and your mugshot. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, oh, my God, I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting like a bump. Mm-hmm. I don't want to move because I don't want to leave him there because, I, again, I'm ashamed for him to walk home. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. want anybody to see, see him. So I wait, and I wait about 10, 15 minutes. He finally comes out. He says, thanks, Ma. And I drive him home, and I, I let him off, you know, and that was the end of it. I, I did that maybe three or four times. Mm. One time it was raining so hard, and here I'm going to the grocery store, and he's walking to the dealer's house. Mm. And not only that, you know, I lived in a nice area in Vegas. It was called the uh, Las Vegas Country Club Estates. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. It's all enclosed. You wouldn't believe how many drug dealers are in there. <laughs> That are living there right down the street. Well, they knew Stephen was there, so they knew they, they, knew, they, knew they could make a you, living. I'm telling you. I, because incredible. I was incredible. In a gated community. In a gated community, uh, million-dollar homes. Welcome I mean, beautiful to America. Homes. Yeah. And, uh, That's crazy. When was this? When was this? Yeah. Well, uh, it's in the book. I, sh- I lost my home. Mm. And this was mm, about nine years ago. Mm. Something that, like that. Did he get arrested in that gated community too? Sitting in his car one time? I don't remember that. What What are some of those stories, Bobby? You were looking at going, oh, well, I was there for that. And I was well, there the for thing, this. I, I'm sure you remember when he left the band, right? That week, I was around that week. Yeah. Because, as you know, a lot of the people didn't were worried, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Duff and Slash, most importantly. And so I was sober at the time, so I got nominated to try to just be with him and make sure he doesn't hurt himself or, you know, and I remember going over that old house in Studio City off Sunshine or whatever that he had. Mm -hmm. He was just sitting in a chair crying watching Guns N' Roses videos. Mm -hmm. And I just like, all my codependency and my, you know, it's just like, what do you do? Wow. You know, and that he survived that. Is amazing. Well, now, when it's he a testimony was, to to how how resilient resilient drug yeah. addicts are. Yeah. Yeah. 
when he was uh, thrown out of the band, we didn't know about it. We didn't know what was going on because he wasn't in touch with us, you know, because oh, okay. it was a shame. He'd, you know, we would see him occasionally, but we didn't know that he was getting thrown out of the band. And so we're sitting watching the MTV Awards show. And I'm sitting there with my husband and my youngest son, Jamie. That's how you found out he was out yeah. of the band? Well, because Axel says Stephen Adler is not in the band anymore because he takes drugs. Oh, my God. So I said to myself, look who's calling the kettle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. And yeah. so I got up out of my chair. I'll never forget this. I got up out of my chair, walked out the door, walked around the block, and came back in the house. And I told my husband, I can't go to work tomorrow. He says, what are you talking about? You can't go to work. And I says, I can't go to work because everybody now knows that my son's not in the band and he's a drug addict because I always denied it. I was in denial. Yeah. So, um, first time a rock and roller's ever been a drug addict. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that shocked everybody. Because we, we were so naive and yeah. we didn't know anything. We really didn't know yeah, anything. And in reality, we don't want to know anything. Of course. You know? Of course. And so I, and my husband says, you're going to go to work tomorrow and I promise you, nobody's going to say one bad word to you. Yeah. He's right. And he was right. Mm -hmm. Not one person. I worked as a waitress at this deli. And not one person said one wrong word to me. From that day forward, they, but again, they never asked about Stephen again. I sure felt bad for you, if anything. I was so hurt. for you. Because like I said before, if you have a son that's a drug addict, maybe 10 people know. But 30 million plus know that my son's a drug addict. So the whole world knows. What does that represent? And we talked about this on several podcasts, that I believe parents are getting too much blame. So hold on. So so hold on. That's what I'm going to get into with Steve. And and it's it's poorly run treatment centers that are proselytizing that. Hold on a second. I got. We have limited mics, so I've got to replace Bruce with the great Stephen Adler. Great to be here. Any last questions, Bruce? For, for no, but thank you for your oh, sharing your pleasure. experience. It's my yeah. pleasure. Fantastic. It's really I got lots I, of other stories. I want you to read the book. Oh, <laughs> I will. It's on an, Amazon. I'll buy. It'll be on our website, doctor. dot com. Oh, I thank you for you know, that. You know, I filled in on Loveline for you and Stephen was there. It's about fifteen years ago. You so both Andy and Stephen. Both yeah. Andy and Stephen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was trying to ditch it. Maybe I didn't. No. Also, uh, the, uh, the Bergamot guys, you can order today and get 10% off at doctor.com. Type in the code DRDREW. Uh, we do appreciate everyone's support. Please, uh, we hope to hear from you in the comments on iTunes. Also, those five-star ratings are great. Please subscribe there today. And check out the other family of podcasts that we have. Uh, We're going to take course, a break and Bruce come is back from this with Stephen. Excuse me, Bruce is from Weekly Infusion. You can check that out. We're going to come back after a little break. We're going to have Deanna and Stephen right after this. <laughs> You know, I'm always happy to talk to you about our friends at Bergamot. They're the makers of a variety of supplements that use the extract from the Bergamot citrus fruit, those polyphenols. That fruit is in Italy. These supplements act as a natural statin that may improve a number of cardiovascular conditions as well as symptoms of the metabolic syndrome, which includes high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar. As you know, I've been excited about the natural treatment since I first heard about it. I'm getting behind it. The science behind it is sound, and physicians throughout the world and cardiologists are actually using it. Now, the makers that brought you the formulation Bergamet NA, Bergamet Pro Plus, now bringing you Bergamet Sport. It provides all the same cardiovascular benefits, but has additional additives designed to aid athletes and those with a very, very active lifestyle. Bergamet Sport may help improve stamina and reduce recovery time and reduce muscle inflammation. Now, I've been taking Bergamet myself, and I suggest you talk to your physician to see if Bergamet Sport is right for you. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 10% 
on their order by entering the code Dr. Drew DRDREW at checkout. Again, that is DRDREW, all one word, at checkout, and you save 10% on your order of Bergamot. To order the Bergamot Sport for yourself, visit Bergamot.com, Bergamot, N-A, Bergamot, B-E-R-G-A-M-E-T.com, or click on the Bergamot banner on drdrew.com. So we are back. A reminder uh, okay. to support the people who support our podcast, the Bergamot, and uh, the National Assessment Foundation. What's the website again? It's uh, nationalassessmentfoundation.org or .com, I imagine, but the phone number is 888-494-9186. If you've got a problem with addiction, call them. And I stand behind the Meg and the Pro Plus for treating metabolic syndrome, lower cholesterol, and uh, weekly infusion. We have an interview with me and Dr. Ehrlich coming up uh, and with, uh, with Bruce to give him a chance to poke well, at him with his products. We're going to get me some free samples. I will ask Ehrlich. We're, we're we're anxiously awaiting Stephen Adler. He's going to come in here and join Deanna Adler. The He's book just is like a rock star. The book is Sweet Child He's of just Mine. Like a rock star. The book is Wait Sweet Child of Mine. He's coming in. Yeah. He's very handsome, my son. I know, as you well know. And look at this. Look at this. Oh, hey, buddy. How are you, man? Good to see you, buddy. Oh my goodness, he's the best hugger. I can't breathe. Hey, man. <laughs> Stephen, you, you look great, man. You all oh, look good, Jamie. How are you, man? Good to see you. Hey, man, look at this guy. Can you believe it? I told you he'd be huggy when he came in. We can't. We can't get a headset on him. <laughs> what's he? What's he showing you, Bob? Bob, put your headset on. I can't hear you. Fantastic! Holy moly! Stephen Adler bearing gifts. There you are. It's on. It's on now. agreement. Now you can. This is Tom Brady's favorite book. Is that right? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. There you are. God, I hate the sound of my voice. Why? So I was at the bar the other day, (laughs) and this hooker comes up to me. (laughs) And she says, I'll do anything you want for $300 if you could tell me in three words. So I think about it. I pull out my money. I go, paint my house. (laughs) So I got this hooker painting my house. She's doing a great job if you guys are interested. Steven, it's a (laughs) Oh, hi, guys. I didn't even see you. <laughs> Did you say hi to Andy? Are you? Did you say Andy? Of course, I love him. He looks was, great. Did you see Doctor Bruce? Doctor Bruce. I did love life. Filled in for him. Oh yeah. So Stephen, I can't hear you. How about <laughs> the transformation of Stephen Adler? How about your mom? She's wonderful. Oh my she, god. We both have grown so much. I, I I told you I talked to you on the phone the other day, yes. and I was just I was just moved by her, and, yeah. and the more I talked to her, the better it gets. I, there's no holes in Every the story. Every day life gets better. That's the whole. That's the whole objective, is to have a better day than yesterday. So, no, I, know. I wish people could see your mom. Mom's like showing, like yeah, everybody, <laughs> Stephen Adler, everybody. I uh, can't tell you. How Twenty happy years I am. in the making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Twenty-five years in the making. <laughs> Who gives a shit? It takes what it takes. The only thing that matters. But I want parents to not get discouraged. Yeah, this yeah. idea that you go somewhere for thirty days no. and it's all going to get fixed. No, please. No, it doesn't work that way. In fact, rehabs, I think, are, are a waste of money and a waste of time. <laughs> Unless you own that rehab, <laughs> <laughs> then you, it's good. Well, they, they I believe in detoxing. How many rehabs 22, have you been in? 23. 22, 23. Bob went to 24 or something. 24. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're almost pushing 50. Yeah. And 52, with Martine went 52. to 36. Between he, he and me and Martine from Porno for Pyros, yeah. almost 100 treatments. Isn't that Christina? Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Her Applegate's husband. husband? Yeah, I, yeah. I see him at Crossroads sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of did Crossroads. He a, did he have a cancer or something? <laughs> no. No. One of those power fiber guys did, I think. Yeah, no, yeah. Peter, Peter, Peter did. Yeah. Dad again. Yeah. And a little princess. 3622, that's 58. Do the math, Drew. 6878. No, I'm not doing no 82 math. treatments oh, between good, good three job. people. They throw, throw, wow, yeah. uh, throw and look at us, throw, we're all throw, throw, Yeah, now, after how many hundreds of thousands of wasted <laughs> Listen, dollars? if you throw Sizemore and Andy in there, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, wait. Uh, Our producer is yelling at me. What's that, what? Susan? One at a time. Don't okay. speak one at a time. We're too excited here. Well, Stephen, you talk. Well, I, I, I've been... I'm so proud of my mother. The and, book is great. And I'm so thankful uh, that she's a part of my life and that I'm being able to be a part of her life. And we're going to enjoy life together. Tell us about this book you have with us. All right, the book I got you guys is, okay, you know, I, I, I fully support AA, um, and that is definitely a way to get started. But I've been practicing this book called The Four Agreements by Juan Miguel Ruiz. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 AA takes you, gives you a start. This book has helped me become the person I used to be. Before I had an abusive relationship well, with life that I, I was kicking my ass. I, I actually don't disagree with well, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need to be on drugs either. Well, no, we always call it what Bob and I always sort of call is like real, re- full recovery. Yeah. You know, AA gets you into recovery, but yes. full recovery is up to you. Many, yeah. Many you know? Making an effort. Well, it sometimes means different kinds of therapies. It sometimes means some spiritual something. It sometimes yeah. means a career something. Whatever it takes. Yeah, it's it, but it, but it's what interests us in in treating addicts is return well become more than you knew you could be you you flourish in a way you didn't expect right oh, oh it, i never thought i'd be this happy my life has done a complete 180 and the, all right 179 because i do <laughs> i still enjoy smoking a little pot which last time i said that on your show uh, my wife carolina said that the internet people are saying all this hey i used to drink rubbing alcohol with gatorade mixed with gatorade okay <laughs> I smoke a little weed. Who cares? Not, not, not only that, but, but the, your your mom told me a story that made my head spin too. She goes, "Well, my daughter in law Carolina took me to an Al Anon meeting." I'm like, "What? Yes. What? Yeah, she goes to me NAA meetings." I, I heard the whole story, but yeah. the fact that Carolina is the one now bringing other people into twelve. Yeah, minutes. vegan. She's one hundred percent vegan. Here? No, no. Please no. say hi for us. Of we, course, you know, hi, she, oh, mama. She, she suffered much like your mom. Oh, she, your she illness suffered terribly. Yeah, your illness. I mean, she was right there. Yeah, a lot of pain. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean to. It's your illness. But, I didn't say you. Yeah, yeah, no, your no. Illness, the, I didn't mean to, but the, I was sick. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's the same sickness. As, as if I had asthma or diabetes, but people don't think of it that way. I mean, I, I go, I go <laughs> home now. <laughs> I gotta yeah. let Stephen talk. I'm done. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> my work here is done. When you drink and do and and, and take drugs and, and do whatever, yeah. you're not a rational person. Your the, your mom was saying she couldn't understand why people would do a drug when you know it's bad for you, when you know it's going to harm you. I have a disease, and I was trying to get. He, I tried to get Bob to explain it. Seems like yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it did at the time, didn't it? it? Felt great hanging out with that rock band in the garage and stones, like doing beer bongs at Old English Eight Hundred. Hell yeah. Throwing up in front of her friends the Tupperware party. What? That was great. <laughs> that what, what, happened, what happened to the Tupperware party? Is that in the book? Yeah, it's in the book. What happened? Yeah. What happened? Well, I, w- I want her to tell. Go ahead. Did they? Did he have? Did he rehearse in your garage when they were kids? No, no, she no. Didn't, didn't have oh. a garage. No. They had a U-shaped garage. I want to hear about the Tupperware party. He was. Well, how old were you? 12? 11, 12. 11, 12 years old. <laughs> and he and I'm having a Tupperware party, <laughs> and he comes into the house. And 
he walks in the house and he vomits right in front of everybody. <laughs> and then and walk away into my bedroom. Yeah. And so I said to my I said to my friends, I says, Oh my God, he must have the flu. Denial again. <laughs> Denial again. I threw up six old English eight hundreds. Okay. <laughs> Smell so like beer. That, Smell that, like malt That's not a flu. Okay? <laughs> and and so I said that's he a must, sickness. Okay? He must have the flu, I told my friends. Yeah, denial. Could you, yeah. Love denial. Could you smell the malt liquor? You want to know something? It was so many years ago, I don't remember. Yeah. I, my dad used to smoke cigarettes. I don't even remember smelling anything. Yeah, it yeah. was that long ago. But I know I used to say, please don't do it. And then now I do. But we got we to get that next. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- yeah, I'm trying do to Do the gum or something. Get I, do, I got the gum. gum. Yeah, give me a piece it. of gum before I go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good. I'd rather you do that. Oh, yeah, what yeah, is that? Yeah, it's, even it's, if it's some of the time. The problem with this gum is you go through the withdrawal just trying to open it. <laughs> 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 we'll give you a little, yeah, little push with out. scissors or something. You gotta have your fingernails. But, Bob, you wanted to talk about parents and blaming parents, and you yeah. said we talked to so, you about that. So I've always, I've always thought, you know, trauma goes on in childhood. So something happened in childhood, whether it's willful or neglect or or just something traumatic happens in childhood, and that. The model of drug treatment in America was now. highly. It was Take highly, more gum then. <laughs> it was highly focused on that. The Hazelden Betty Forts, right? Uh, on what? Then focus on, on, on trauma. Yeah. Right. Cool. Being a component of addiction, <laughs> which it is. Which it is. But with the explosion of thousands <clears throat> of rehabs, which Stevens been to, ones in New York, and ones well. he ended up in Detroit, and you were, over, you know, and walking through the wheat field in Kansas. <laughs> God. Getting out so, there playing in New York, so staying there for two weeks. The uh, quality of care went down, <laughs> but the focus on trauma got misinterpreted through the through the last fifteen years. I think as blaming of parents. Well, it's my parents' fault, and it's not. You know what it is? It's the resentment that you have towards your family, your friends. But it's really somebody. towards yourself. Yeah, but it's all on me. It's yeah. all on each other. But it's, it's like I had resentments towards my, my mother. I had resentments towards my band. Yeah. And, I, and resentment is like rocket fuel and a lighter. You light that lighter. It's going to be a mess, and it's just going to get ugly. That's yeah. what it is. Resentment is the worst them? thing. How would you let go of them? I read this book, and I, I day after day, I just kept practicing it, you know, being, trying to be impeccable with my words, you know, not take things personal, don't make assumptions, and do my best, no more, no less. W- w- when was there a moment that, because so I... It's simple. No, no I it's understand. It's so hard to do. Well, <laughs> but is there a moment when you committed to that, and was something going on in your life that helped open that up for you? My wife gave me this book. And every morning, I would have my coffee. But you were willing. And well, I, would, the well, I made an effort. From? But why? Why all of a sudden you're willing? Well, for one, I, I got my head clear. Yeah. I, you know, I, was, I got put in a mental hospital in uh, Connecticut. No, Kentucky. Holy <laughs> shit. Kentucky <laughs> in the snow. Um, and uh, I got out. I came home. This was uh, the f- January like, uh, the f- uh, 2014. <laughs> and... I came home after like 33 days, and I went right to the liquor store. Next door, I went right to the liquor store the next day. And then the next day, I was going to walk out the door, and I said, I can't do this anymore. There you I'm go. not going to do this. So I, I woke my you wife up. You can't explain it, Drew. Yeah. No, I, just, can't explain I woke it. my wife up, and I said, honey, can you take me to a, an AA meeting? And there was one on, on uh, 
uh, Riverside, or no, Moore yeah. Park, so, at yeah. church on yeah. Moore Park, and I said, just take me there. And then I ran into my brother, who I didn't see for years, was was there, and then just by chance, just, yeah, just oh my by chance, fucking God. just by chance, it's God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have to believe. Well, it uh, many people will describe it as something stepping in. Did you feel like something stepped into you in that moment? No, I, I I stepped in. You stepped I in. I started taking charge. I was going. I'm not going to let this alcohol and this addiction. You know, keep bringing me down. And I said, I'm gonna take. It. I had to make. You have to make an effort. I had to make an effort. But you made. I've not seen going. You, but you made lots of efforts. I've yeah. seen you make efforts. Okay, so I was good for a little while. Yeah. You got to keep doing it every day. You have to re re up yourself. Yeah. And that's why, uh, like I said, the simple book, the Four Agreements. I have my coffee. We got to get this there. guy. And I read. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Simone. Simone's lurking in the background here. She signs off on him. My audible. It's an amazing book. So, so yeah. not even so for you know, addicts. Just for yeah. anybody. You know, Tom Brady's talking about this book. Really? really? Yeah. His yeah. whole life, he says, is based around this book. Jesus. He just said it after the Super Bowl. No shit. I think it might be hard to get this writer for yeah. a podcast. Wow. Juan is Juan. This bank account's gonna go <laughs> right. Up, good for one, but it helps. Yeah. I mean, when you go into They're rehab, impeccable, and it's weird. The same things that Tom Brady talked about, you just said, impeccable with your word. Yeah. That which, stood which, out to me when I heard that interview. Like, wow. I, well, because you, you, most awesome. people don't know what that even means. I know what it means. It's really hard. Well, I know to do. you do. It's oh, really hard. Oh, it's very hard. <laughs> what does it mean, Stephen? It mean, what does it mean to you? Impeccable means um, sin, and M. Means without, so impeccable without sin. So that's like you don't talk about other people. You don't look in the mirror and you say, "Oh, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm this and that." There's always going to be somebody uglier than you. <laughs> always going to be somebody better looking. Than you. You, you, that's an aphorism, right? You made there. you made a you had an indiscretion today. You talked about your voice. Oh, I hate my voice. Yeah, well. That's not impeccable. I should, I should, Stop I, it. I should Stop be it. a cartoon. I should be a cartoon. Stop character. it. Which Stop I would actually it. love. That's not impeccable. No, my, my voice is, is very recognizable. There you it go. It is very recognizable. recognizable. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I was talking to one of uh, <coughs> our friend Ashes, our friends. Uh, oh, no, Scott. He's pointing at Jamie, his brother, who's here. Yeah, Scott, Scott Storage. I was, I was talking to his son on the phone, and the second I got on the phone, he said, dude, I'm Steven Adler. <laughs> and all I said was, hey, dude, how you doing? He's like, dude, I can't believe it's Steven Adler. <laughs> So, so crap. Your mom is. Your mom now has her book. Do we wear this? The four. Uh, he gave me the book. He bought me the book, and I read it. I have it right next to my bed. You're reading it, and I read it, is it I, every you? day. I read it every is day. It, is it helping you? Does it help me? It makes me feel better. Let's put it that no. way. I don't have any um, guilt about anything. I. Like he said, I, what would you say means? to moms that feel guilty or that, shame? That well, shame was her thing. Led to believe that they're responsible for their adult children having addiction, or, or or they feel like somehow they are or should be responsible. Because that's the thing that binds the illness. Yeah, you know, it well, keeps you sick. Now that I know more, and I see that my son, he's alive, he's he's good, he's well. It's not my fault what he did. And yeah. I know that. And it took me an awful long time to realize that it's not my fault. Not. I didn't teach him to drink. I didn't teach him to do drugs. I didn't teach him anything like that. And Nobody every, in my family drank or yeah, did drugs. Everybody is responsible for themselves. Yeah. 
Drew, zero in on what I'm trying to describe because I know you can put it in a way that's easily understandable. Well, I, I, people are getting blamed for other people's problems. Well, because it's easy to blame somebody else for your problems. Uh, misery loves company. Hell, it's not my fault. If people would be just more honest and open up more, it would be so much easier. I, I would argue, though, that you, you're, you're all right. You're right. Everyone's correct. But what Bob's talking about is sort of a new phenomenon. And, and I would argue it is... Dangerous, I think. No, no, no. But it's also disrespectful and demeaning yeah. to the addict mm-hmm. to, to, for a parent to have the grandiosity to assume that anything that's happening to a child is all about them. Can I say something? Yeah, yeah. All those years that Stephen was mm-hmm. on drugs, he used to curse at me. I mean, terrible, terrible words. But I was Wait. always there for him. I was. I never stopped loving him because I knew that it wasn't Stephen that was doing that. It was the drugs that was doing that, not Stephen. Stephen Adler has to be the, you know, the nicest person you ever want to meet. I'm the coolest guy you ever yeah. want to meet. But it's, so when he's being mean to me and he's pushing me around and he's and he's saying terrible things to me and he he doesn't talk to me, you know, he stops talking for months and months and months. It's not him. It's not my son. It's the drugs. Yeah. And you have to realize that. And I finally realized that. Well, I think that what... But, but, what, but hang on, though. But you assumed the shame for his illness. Oh, God, I was so ashamed. Yeah. I, in, in denial, ashamed. But what do you say to parents that are sort of in that same mindset? All right, stop it already. <laughs> That's what we say. Stop it. It's hard to get them to do you know, so. That's part of the four it. agreements. Stop, stop it already. It's stop so it. easy. To, to, you, know, to, you, you hear it. You read the book. It's like, it's like reading a Sesame Street book. It's so basic and so under, easy to understand, but it's so hard to do. Have we, have, as humans, just gotten so far away from the basic stuff of living of is, course is, the, the gods are so pissed the gods are pissed at right now of what's going on mm. and so it really is getting back to basics yeah yeah it's just, just been, before I did drugs I, I and before I you know was I knew what you know getting beat up in life was all about beating myself up before you did drugs before I did that before I was beating myself up I was a happy go lucky guy I enjoyed life I looked forward to the next day I couldn't wait to go outside and then the drugs and alcohol. First, it, 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 it's that, that one AA thing I really like, that, that alcohol is cunning, powerful, yeah. and baffling. Yeah. Those two times in the last over 1,000 days, over three years, a little over three years, there was two separate occasions that I drank. I didn't even re- one time I knew what I was doing. The second, the first time, I didn't even know what I was doing. I, I mean, it, I was in a, a terrible place to do it. You know, with so many people around, I didn't even realize I did it till I got on the airplane and I put my headphones on and I was all, holy shit, what did you do? What did you do? My wife walked away to go to the bathroom. The, 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 the addict that's doing push-ups yeah. in the back of your head is waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so cunning. I said, okay, get something to drink. And it was so powerful. I went up to the, the bartender. I whispered in his ear. I said, give me a, two shots of Jaeger and put it in a Coke. With Coke and a big Coke glass, not a drink glass. And it was so powerful, I didn't even realize I did it until I even got on the plane. Mm. So it's, it's a, a step five in the four agreements. There's a fifth agreement, which is being aware of being aware. Mm. And like all, it, it sounds simple, but the, the second time I drank, 
I went, I, I went as most addicts are and most addicts will do, is I went in this bar with a rational mind, sober, rational mind. And I said, I'm going to go in and I'm going to have two shots and that's it and I'm going to walk out. <laughs> so 12 shots later, <laughs> I'm getting thrown out on my ass on the sidewalk. But the second I had that first drink, I stopped being a rational person. Yeah. So there that is. was a, there's just no one. Well, however you learned it, you've learned it, Mr. Yeah, I, I'm just thankful I survived. It's I love amazing. you. It's amazing. I love you. And I'm so thankful for both of you for giving me that opportunity. Because I got off the heroin and drugs. I know. You know. It was just the alcohol that I had a little problem with after the show. But both of you were able to the, the support and, and opportunity... I, mean, just, I did not appreciate you guys getting me arrested. <laughs> that was so wrong. But it happened. It's was, over. No piggy. Uh, um, but it, you, gave me, you gave me an opportunity to change my life. And when you see yourself on, 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 on TV or on, a, on a screen, like even on your phone, yeah. that's reality. You could see it yourself lying. Yeah. Oh, you could see yourself in denial. You could see yourself full of shit. I mean, all of us that were on that show, when somebody was in denial or lying... They didn't think it. I didn't think it. But you could see it. And then you watch yourself, and you're like, holy shit, I'm so full of shit. That's, this is ridiculous. So it's an <laughs> eye-opener. It's, it, it's an eye-opener. I, I recommend that to anybody in their families that, that are addicts. Film them? To film them. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, I don't know how many times that I've come to, you know, the next day, and my wife or somebody was telling me, you did this and you did that. And I'm like, I didn't do any of those things. You're yeah. crazy. What yeah. are you talking about? Oh, really? <laughs> you showed me the phone. It's like, phone. really? Here. And then it's like, didn't it's David like, Hasselhoff's daughter yeah. do that yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he was drunk and eating a cheeseburger. Good for him. Good I mean, for he felt, her. felt bad for him at the time, but I guess uh, he seems pretty good yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, through, yeah. so. Because you finally see yourself as you and how you're acting. You, as a person, don't see yourself like other people see you. Yeah. You know, you, you look well, especially at, with the disease, doesn't want you. Yeah, to oh, yeah. you're blind. Yeah, to the fog. When he was on celebrity, not celebrity rehab, it was a sober living house. Yeah, sober house. Yeah. Sober house. Uh, somebody, That's when he got arrested. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't watch the show. <laughs> somebody told me that Stevens on sober li- sober house. Yeah. I said I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. So I never watched it. Denial again. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to know anything. Mm-hmm. So I never watched that show after. After him being on Celebrity Rehab, I said, that's enough for me. You know, I didn't want to see anything anymore. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of alcoholics in my life, including my dad and hundreds of alcoholics. And I, some alcoholics, when they get drunk, they say what they really believe. Oh, yeah, what they really think. Stephen doesn't. Stephen says stuff he doesn't believe and he insults. It's almost as if this other person comes out of him to be mean and to stand up for himself. It's the opposite of who he is. Isn't that interesting? To me, he wanted to beat me up. There's lots of rationality. That's why it's easier for you to go, I didn't do that because you couldn't imagine you did that. I still, to this day, still watch this. He'll still do it. You tried to push me in the pool, and you wanted to punch me in the face, and you were chasing me around. You're going to beat me up for no reason. And it's the funniest thing. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't kick anybody's ass. Okay? He could have easily pushed me in the pool. But yeah, I could see me doing that. Yeah, now, okay, now, now, well, now I, I have a, a more clear head. Because I've you known know. him so long, Drew. Let me guess. Steven's holding Hi, Lord. Oh, Larry's here. 
Lawrence Dangliola. All right, we're going to take a little break. Take a little break. Right back for this. Wait, you got, you got commercials? National Assessment Foundation, it is the first not-for-profit concierge service developed for those suffering with drug and alcohol addiction. They provide you with professionals that you need. They have recovering people and well-trained people doing the assessments, and they refer to high-quality programs, and they follow up to make people sure they get into a program. And even those without coverage, without any resources, they will help them get treatment as well. And it is free of charge. They're a group of dedicated professionals whose goal is to help. They have a good knowledge base. They are connected to thousands of recovery specialists across the country. And most importantly, they are the one for you. The team is built to recovering addicts. As I said, they've been where you've been. They've been there and back many times. And they believe that your treatment should be as unique and as individualized as you. They custom build the plan and the referral. They believe that money should not stand in the way of quality treatment you deserve, and they will advocate on your behalf to ensure you get the best treatment available and be sure your disease doesn't prevent you from getting on to that treatment. And you should not worry about planning the treatment where you stay. You've got enough on your plate dealing with the disease of addiction. Let They will take care of everything. They will even help with travel arrangements on your behalf. That is the National Assessment Foundation at 888-494-9186. Again, 888-494-9186. All right, welcome back. We've uh, played musical chairs once again. Of course, Stephen Adler's with me. Stephen. I'm still uh, here. Hello. Deanna Adler has relinquished her mic. I'll tell you to whom in a second, but I want to remind people again, Sweet Child of Mine is the book. Uh, it was written with the help of Lawrence Spagnola, and so Larry is here with us. Larry, thank, welcome to the program. It's an honor and, to be and here. And Jamie is here as well, uh, Stephen's brother. Hey, Doc. And uh, we brought... Lawrence, and for many reasons, uh, he is not only the author of Deanna's book, but also... Stephen's book, which uh, got the whole ball rolling, Appetite for Destruction, nine years ago. We came out with that, and it was a bestseller, and we were very fortunate to reach a pretty wide audience. And it was because of that that uh, I think it paved the way for Deanna to write an even broader treatment of, of what happened with the opiate addiction and her dealings, not just with Stephen, but with the entire band. Did you know Did you know the, the magnitude of her recovery when you launched into this? Did you understand how much progress she had made, or did you learn that in the course of it, or did, did it keep happening during the book writing? It actually was, yeah, it was evolving. Yeah, I mean, we literally writing. finished this book, Dr. Drew, and then within a six-month period, the Dr. Kornfeld incident came up, tying Prince in with Stephen, and then GNR reunited. So, okay. like, it was like two things that we never thought were going to okay, happen. So, tell about the Dr. Kornfeld thing. That's you, Stephen. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, Dr. Kornfeld uh, was a crazy person um, who, ah. Uh, without resentment. Without resentment. With peace okay. and love. With he, he, peace and love. I, I, well, with peace and love, no resentment. Uh, no, no, I'll be impeccable with my word. I can't. He mistreated you. He didn't treat he you well. He mistreated me. He well. mistreated everybody. He's taking advantage of people. And it's not just him. There's lots of doctors who do that. Do you, As, you, you just, he you, happened to be one in the spotlight at that time. Because of the prince. Yeah, I mean, because, one, I mean, remember Anna Nicole Smith, her doctors? Nobody, each doctor didn't know that she was seeing three or four other doctors, but too. But still, giving opiates to a healthy woman is insane. No, it's insane. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. And then sending your... Money. S- People, some doctors, this is all about money. I don't understand it, but... Yeah. I mean, I, money's I, important to a I, degree, but... I want to believe that they think they're doing right. 
I want to believe it. You know they're not doing right. Can I get I a prescription? Right. I just got a prescription for you know like ninety well, but, of, you know painkillers. But they oh, yeah, no problem here. But they were trained in a day when when they were insisted there were attorneys that were breathing down their neck telling them pain is whatever the patient says it is, and we're going to put you in prison if you don't treat their pain properly. Literally, that. Oh was yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a different story back then. Yeah. I used to ditch school every day in the seventies. Well, know. the nineties when it really yeah. took yeah, off. Yeah, not really my, my, my friend's kids go to school. They got to be dropped off. Yeah. And they have to check in, and they have to be picked up. And if they don't show up, the, the, the school calls the parents. And Speaking she of didn't kids, know I did school for you, thirty I, years. I want to make. She just found out just now. In fact. <laughs> I want to. I want to make sure you have a chance to. Speaking of kids, to mention your friend's uh, program. Oh yes, uh, my this. friend Tommy Hollenstein. He's my my sponsor, and um, he's a wonderful, wonderful person. He, he was in an accident, and uh, he's been in a wheelchair for. Quite a friend of yours. Paraplegic. Yeah, that's, and, that's Jamie talking there. Yeah, that's my brother. Yeah, and there he's. Uh, don't he, worry, I'm gonna get into you in a second. He does more in one day, in one week than I did in five years. I mean, he, he he's in a wheelchair, but it doesn't stop him. Mm. I mean, he goes water skiing. He he does. He's been. This is the latest benefit. Let me let me read this. He sent this to me. I'm getting all I need glasses. Okay. 16th Annual Gala, the original Old Havana, March 4th, 2014, at Straglin. I'll read this for you. Yeah, you read it. I can't see it. Uh, mold, I can't see it. Taglian Company. <laughs> Hollywood, it's... Uh, why do I know these names? Or Georgiana Cal- Junko Kelman. She's an attorney I know who does a lot of work for uh, kids. Uh, and the Summers, Scott Silveri. Uh, well, where's it at? Taglian com- Complex. Taglian Complex, March 4th. Oldness. It's, uh, we'll just look up probably, what, a, a night in Old Havana? Well, yeah, that's, well, that's Georgiana right there. Okay, let me, let, me, let me see. Hold on. He gave me. Okay, he said. The there event was. is for Shane's Inspiration. Here, you read that. Right, I can't it. see it. Shane's Inspiration, uh, Building Parks for Disabled Kids, takes place at the Taglin Complex, T-A-G-L-A-N Complex in Hollywood, Saturday, March 4th, 6 p.m., emceed by Andy Garcia. Theme is uh, Night in Old Havana. So uh, I imagine we'll, we'll put something up on our website yes, to try to support that would be great. It. Now, in addition to these guys' books, Deanna's and Stevens, you wrote Rodney King's book, too. That was a... Uh a wonderful opportunity to get to know somebody really well who he had patiently waited, Doctor, for every politician, every cop, everybody that was involved in that incident to put out their book and get on their talk show. And then he wanted the last shot. And so even though it took 20 years, I believe he does have the final word on it. And what he wanted people to know more than anything else was that he himself kind of rose above his body that night and saw himself getting beaten. He thought he was going to die. He told me he thought he was going to die. And then he doesn't know how he got sucked back in, but that's what kept him going. And that's when he uh, he had a pulse. But it's amazing how much abuse he took. And whenever we'd even just gather to have lunch, he continually would shift in his seat because... He had just had so much trauma to well, his Steve, joints. Steve got to know. Well, I, I, <clears throat> we were roommates. Impeccable with your speed. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> he told me yeah. many times, he said, I had every right to have my ass beat. He said he was on PCP. He was drinking and driving and on PCP. He says he would pull over. The cops would go behind him. He'd pull over and then they'd walk up to his car and he would take off. 
and just you know speed off down the street, not even watching, you know, bumping other cars. Uh. He said he was wasted. He said he was a total prick to him. He said he totally. He said everybody thinks that yes, it was terrible. He got beat up, but he was all. You don't understand what an asshole I was to them. <laughs> well, okay, I, 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 if you're an asshole to cops, you're gonna so get your ass beat. He, he didn't deserve what he got. <laughs> he didn't. He, he deserved to be restrained. Yeah, but and and I saw right. We saw saw Rodney drunk. He he's a scary dude. When yeah, he he's, he's the nicest big, guy on earth. Big scary dude. He is I, the nicest guy on the planet. Yes, when he's sober. Yes. I asked him what uh, was the most important thing about him getting this book written, and he said. Uh, not that I live on, but that my words do. That I'm after, long after I'm dust and in the ground, people are going to remember. Can't we all get along? Yeah. Well, Bob and I were heartbroken when we lost Rodney. He's the Isn't that from the Wizard of Oz? Can we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it should have been. There's so, no place like home. No, no, okay, that's it. So, <laughs> so no like in home. addition to Deanna bearing witness to your your illness, Jamie had to live through a bit too. Well, right? yeah, Jamie. well, he, he went through a little. Jamie and I used to have, experience himself. Well, I understand, but but Jamie and I used to have many conversations about you when uh, and, before and, you guys ever met. Yeah, well, was well, it before that. even? Before they, you guys met. Is that yeah, right? Is that we Because we used to get on the phone and we like, Doc, he wants to come in. And you're yeah. like, are you sure? And then the first time you came and met us, I think it was in Canoga Park. We had that house like yeah. in Woodland Hills or something. Yeah, I just remember us, I, I shared with you your fear. Definitely. That's what I remember. But tell him why you got sober. Um, I don't know. Why okay. Did, why, why why did I get, get, that's a good question. Uh, to have a better life. Me, no. You told me that how can I have uh, your yes. brother mm-hmm. put in there and say my brother's this, my brother's that, and try and get him help yes. when I'm doing drugs too. Yeah. I remember actually bef- when I called Dr. Drew, we were going to meet up maybe two weeks later. And at that time, I was using. Mm. And I, the, time I, the, the first time I talked to Dr. Drew, I didn't pick up after that. And I even told Dr. Drew when he came up to the house, I said, he says, are you sober? I said, well, I've been sober for the last two weeks because I didn't want to be a, uh, what's the word called? I've forgotten hypocrite? That a hypocrite. hypocrite. Well, I've forgotten <laughs> that for this yeah. moment. I remember you telling me that. And, and uh, yeah. I just want to know what I was walking into. I did, right. I, were you using two or not? We need to get Wait, you well, I wasn't going. using not at that time. Me. No, but I, I just couldn't tell what was going on. It was we're, a pretty chaotic scene. It was oh. chaotic. <laughs> it was I was pretty, kidnapped. Yeah, we kidnapped the guy. My mom and dad had these Gang members, I had the Crips, I had the Crips kidnap him, and they, they took well, all that, my money. Well, that they were giving me dope. They were giving me better crack than I was smoking. <laughs> they were giving me better pills than I was getting. More of everything. It was like this one kid would pull fucking painkillers out of his ass. Literally, I go, dude, you got any painkillers? Yeah, here you go. And the hand was like always. It was like it was nonstop. They had me. The longer that they kept me, the longer they were going to get paid. Wow. And there, my mom was paying them thousands of dollars a week. So every the just longer they had sit me, on you. Just... yeah. And all they did was get me high. And then when I tried to get my own drugs, they would they they handcuffed me and leg cuffed me to the staircase, you know, the railing on the staircase. And I pooped my pants. They left me there for like two hours. I didn't know anything about that. Oh my Larry, god! Is this in the book, Larry? Because that sounds like a movie right there. Uh, yeah. I think we need to come oh, no. out the movies. I, I, Seven separate parts in the book where Stephen hits such rock bottom that you have to just say he's going to die or he's got to get into rehab. But it, No, rehab, for one, doesn't do anything unless you want it to. Right. Two, nobody can make you change unless you want to or you're in jail. Well, you're in jail. I got, a, can make you I got a good one, Drew. I'm going to tell you. So I don't know what year it was. 
90s or whatever. 93, so 94, I, New yeah, York. <laughs> so I, I drove him to the airport. I booked him to go to Hazelden. Uh. I had the guy. He knows what he looks like. Sitting at the airport. Somehow, Stephen doesn't get off the plane. Stays on the plane. And somehow, New how York did you City. get out? And he in, ended up in New York. <laughs> going to- For two weeks. Two, three weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> One way airplane but, to Minneapolis. He he stayed on the plane until he knew that the Hazelden people would go away. Yeah. <laughs> and then got off. And then but, got off and went to New York. <laughs> I, I went to some club. But, people but, recognized me. Did drugs for like three weeks and came home. But, but this is the... This, uh, your poor mom's getting anxious hearing these stories. Right? Oh, he knows everything. Give, yeah, give, yeah. give her the headset. Hold on. We're having to pass the mic around here. There's so many of us in the room right now. We have four mics. And- One time I took Steven to the airport. And I says, you know what? I'm going to stay here till the plane takes off. <laughs> and everybody gets on the plane. And lo and behold, Stephen jumps off the plane just before they're going to um, take, off. take off. And so, I, and so I'm there. So he's surprised that I'm there. He thinks I'm dropping him off. And then I'm going to go in the car and go home. I said, Stephen, what are you doing? And he was so mad at me because he saw me. And I just took him right back home. Well, the yeah. attic was mad. Yeah. I, I feel like because I, I, I've wasted so much money going to treatment centers when I knew I was only going to stay two or three days. I was doing it to make everybody what, else happy. Exactly, appease yeah. you, appease, appease. Yeah, that's what everybody. he used to tell me. And I'm sure Steve, you heard many times, Stephen. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, Stephen. What are you talking about, Stephen? What are you doing? <laughs> Those words yeah. I've heard yeah. out of her mouth many times. And yeah. and. The reason he said he was doing these things was to appease well, me. Well, he was right. He was being honest. Yeah. yeah. He was being honest. That's being, what he was being doing. an addict and, and getting any help whatsoever is all about being honest. Well, I didn't have to tell yeah. you that I had those two drinks and, you know, some no, thousand days. Honesty. Yeah. I, I mean, if I didn't. Rigorous honesty. If I didn't, I'm going to hold that in. You're going to. You're, you're, you're leaving. You're. You, Every time you tell a lie, you're leading towards your next use. Yeah. You're on your way. You're yeah. on your way. It's just but, another, and then you lie again, and then again. Whatever it is, it's, you're on your way. But, but uh, this, you're, you're telling the truth for yourself yeah. as much as your spiritual life. But um, so, you know, a patient of mine phrased, paraphrased what you were, you were saying in a, in a wonderful way. I wrote about it in a book. She said, how do you give somebody get it? which I thought was a way of saying, how do you make somebody willing? And neither Bob nor I have an answer to that. There is none. Even even if I went to jail, I'd go to jail for 20 years. The day I got out, I would go use. And so the the reason I was sort of, Bob was giving me just shit about this a few minutes ago, but I was was drilling into what happened to your moment of change. You know, when you, that day you woke Carolina up and said, I'm going to stop. Sometimes you will find there's things happening leading up to that. But that, but but I always say because it happened to me too. I don't yeah. know why. Well, you were in prison. I, no, I was. I, well, I got out of prison. <laughs> oh, doesn't, prison doesn't. But, it it doesn't got stop. his attention. But, it yeah. got his attention. Yeah. Me, yeah. What motivated me day after day yeah. was I wanted a better life, yeah. and prison well, why was didn't chasing you, me. But why didn't but you want a better life? But the day that you stop, months? the day that you have that thing he's describing, I think it's a disservice to try to analyze it. It's a gift. That's why AA Just says accept it's, it. it's a gift that comes out of nowhere or from God. I don't know, but it made no sense. I heard this great AA guy say. It was not a particularly different day than any other day. Yeah, and all this—that was the day he, was. he just. I was on my way to, to the liquor But store. Stephen, the one thing I've noticed, and you tell me if this is true or not. If you're, it's your experience. If not, fine. But, but that one of the features is you sort of see yourself 
for real. Like you see yourself as you are more clearly. Things definitely and, and, slow or, down. Or you see your life as it really is, and you go, "Whoa, well, I got to change." When this. you're drinking and using, you're you're not in reality, yeah. and you're, the last thing you're going to do is look at yourself, right? Because right. you're already doing these drugs and drinking yeah. because you're yeah. miserable. Yeah. But the funny thing is, you're miserable because you're drinking. Yeah. And you're drinking because you're miserable. Alcohol is one of the, the strongest depressants. So I would go, I'm depressed, blah, blah, and I would go drink, and I'm getting more depressed. I'm going, well, I need another drink, and then the next yeah. time I'm getting thrown out. That's why I have my sponsor, which is very important, to have somebody you could talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and my sponsor um, is, like Jamie says, he's a paraplegic. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah. I can't call him up and go, when I had this is happening, when that is happening. You know, it takes him. You know, he needs people to help him. Yeah. And just to take a shower, he needs somebody to shave him. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I don't want to go to the bathroom. I don't want to go outside. I don't want to practice. I can't do that. Yeah. You know, I can't do that. That's like. There's an old Buddhist saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. And and I just believe that. You have this moment of clarity, and then everything starts to unfold. I will say that that day that Stephen described happened to him, things were much clearer. Because, well, like they me, hadn't been for years. Because I had that, that, that one month of being in a mental hospital in yeah. Kentucky that cleared me up. To, I mean, you start feeling feeling again. Um, okay, so treatment had some days. purpose for you, which is you, you, oh, were, yeah. you were held to the point where you could clear at least. Well, I could get clear yeah. enough yeah. to where when I left, I did go and drink okay. immediately. Yeah, but-, but then I kept doing it like two, three more days, and then I go something like like Bob said. It just I says I can't do this. Okay, anymore. so maybe you had some clarity in tre- in that facility yeah. where you saw things because more you can't you can't right. you can't make rational decisions like I did to go. You know, wake my wife up and say, I'm yeah. going to go. If you're under the influence. No, no way. So that time being away from the drugs did help. Even though I drank for three days I after, yeah. I wasn't as fucked up mentally it. and spiritually as I was. So I had a little bit more Did you have any, experience, any experiences in treatment that, that month that got through to you? Anything? Um, well, I went there first <clears throat> to detox. Yeah. And then they were going to take me to this, they, they took me to this place where there was a bunch of young people, like a hundred of them, and they all had their heads, not shaved, but like, you know, like a millimeter uh-huh. long. And they would have them write on paper thousands of times these words. What? And, and they were this, it, it was like, it was a cult crazy thing. And... <laughs> I kept telling Stephen has been to every, every crazy place. Was that Narana or something? Was I, it someplace Narcanon? in Kentucky. What do they call it? Is that Narana? Is that that? No, it's just it's sounds a like behavior mod. Exactly, behavioral place for younger people. I was the oldest person there. Okay, I was all young people. Drew, in behavior mod, the first assignment you get is to write the entire rules of the facility, and usually it's eight or ten that's pages fine. long. That's fine. Yeah. Well, that's not. That's not. Writing, I won't use, I won't use. A thousand. They weren't no, writing, I won't no, use, I won't use. No, they, they were writing something they're, like they're what he's copying, saying. Okay, copying right. the rules okay. most likely. Like just over and oh, I mean, these people have stacks of pages. You know what I used to do when I was in that program? So I, I don't mind just writing. So I would just write, and then I would, I wrote them within a day of getting there, and usually it takes people three or four days. Uh, and I just kept day. writing them and selling them to new <laughs> that's that's that, that's an addict for you. That's a brilliant addict. And now Jamie has Anything also had a, Jamie's had experience also of uh, transforming physically, which has been a part of your oh, recovery. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, uh, better life, better health, you know. You start wanting to take care of yourself, Yeah, right? I'm 41 years old now. I got married recently. Congratulations. Baby I'm having a baby way. on the way, oh 15 weeks pregnant. Um, you know. We work and, out. And, and, and Dr. Drew, like, thank you so much for Celebrity Rehab. Because, you know, there's a lot of critics that have said, you know, tried to shame that show or whatever. But I believe that show saved my brother's life. And I remember in Las Vegas sitting with him and he's hitting the crack pipe and we're watching Celebrity Rehab. And he's like, I wonder if I saw myself on TV if I would, if this would change me. And I said, should I call Dr. Drew and get you on the show? He says, yeah, let's call Dr. Drew. Wow. And that was a year before. That was about a year before. And it it took about a year to... From that point on to about a the year to get you. We had to we had to go through. You know, listen, all, all the to. all the they stuff. Left me alone. All the stuff that he says is all true, and yeah. some of it's really messed up. And yeah. I, and and I'm sorry about all that. Know. But you know what? It got him to the point where he's at today. And he's alive, so it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Yeah. Where are you at today? Yeah. Okay. And I thought my brother, because that was always my hero. The guy I looked up to. He's ten years older than me, and uh, you know, was, he was just. I always thought he was, I was going to lose my big brother. You were scared shitless. I remember for, for that. Ever and, since, no, but, but ever since I was a little kid, no, I was scared shitless. But, but listen, you know? I, I know, and I could tell the depths of it. And, and at first, I, was, I, I didn't really – I'm laughing because I was like, oh, come on, another codependent. Then I came and witnessed, and I was like, oh, geez, Jamie, you got a point there. <laughs> you should be scared. This is really serious. And because I, you know, because codependence, yeah. their disease will always play on you and amplify your fears and stuff. But you, know? you don't understand. When you saw me, I was with those gang members. Oh. They came, remember we were at the Rainbow it and was did a interviews? Little... They were giving me so much drugs. Well, but no, what I, was... I wasn't there, but I was at your there house. People, yeah. But there was a house. bunch of people at the house that no, day. No, we had, there were people who yeah. were holding me hostage. Oh, wow. wow. We had, no, I had people, yeah, because yeah. we, I mean, it's, no, don't, it was don't real. Say, don't say yeah like you did a good thing because no, you I, didn't. Okay. I, does he have a you resentment? You think he still no, has a no, resentment? No, I don't have. I don't, don't have. I don't want I was him agreed. thinking that it was Impeccable a good thing. Words. Impeccable yeah. words. I don't want him thinking what he did was a good thing or the right thing. Well, to be fair, it, it's the lengths to which codependency drives us. Right? But he's not a codependent. He's an addict himself. And a codependent. My mom is a codependent. Your mom is strictly he, codependent. He is an addict. He was doing drugs himself. So who is he? To tell well, me. Well, here's like, can I defend the situation? I of was course. there too. Nothing could contain you. Nothing, Nothing. could stop you. No. When Not I, just me. Even all our friends, and when we'd go to rehab, we would just get in line. We weren't going to fucking stay sober, but we wouldn't cause all the trouble you would cause. Yeah. I was resentful, <laughs> dude. And I appreciate that because, you know, he points a finger at me and all this, but you know what? I feel like I really helped save my brother's life. Yeah. He won't well, ever look well, out like that. that. They, little brother. They, they kidnapped me, and like I said, they handcuffed me to the fucking right, let, pole. Me, let me say. I took a razor blade and cut my neck yes, to did. cut the thing so I can get out of there. I get it. Okay. These people were holding me out. Well, they, Jamie and they're taking all my hair. In his defense, Jamie couldn't have known it was going to go that bad. Well, no, hold on. Yeah, we hold didn't know. Really? Really? He didn't know it was going to He had the Crips and the Bloods. It is the These length. are gang members. They don't people. really usually work together. It's sure. one or the other. It's yeah. the links. <laughs> no, they work together. It's they the work together. I got them both. <laughs> I got them both together. <laughs> Steven I got them both together. He got them both together. For Steven. For me. That's how bad he was. He was so bad off, we had to bring both of them together. The and the Crips helped me. But here's the deal. To me, that's a sign of the lengths to which codependency go, yeah. drive us. Yes. And and there's a bottom to codependency just the way there's a bottom to addiction. Yeah, yes. I don't want to do that, Doc. Trust me. You I, think I, I want to do 
know you didn't want to do that. And that was your codependency bottom. I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything else to do. Exactly. You want to get even more into it? There was a lot of people pushing Jamie to do shit like that. Like like Eric, like friends of ours, were pushing you. Like, are you going to do something? Are you going to do something? You've got to understand the context, Stephen. A lot lot of people weren't talking to you. They were talking to him. And he wasn't he wasn't the guy that he's today. I know. You know? I, I know. He doesn't okay, remember yeah. that. The he doesn't remember that. that. <laughs> he knows. He listened to spin about this. But but his point is right. It was not okay that you did that, even though it did end up saving his life and he is okay. It was a codependency bottom for you. Uh, you know what I did? You, you, and I learned I what I was doing is I was playing God, okay, and I cannot there you control. Go. There you go. And that's I learned, okay. and I and I learned all that, yeah, because this, I can't control people, places, and no, things, and that's what I learned in my recovery. I, you didn't you know? know that. There you, you go. Know. Yeah, but I didn't know that. But you know what? So now we so, do. So by the way, your shit got him sober too. Right? Yeah, no, it all so worked in, out in a way. You saved his life. Yeah, he by did. Yeah. He did, Doc. That. Yeah. So, so many things. I see you did like so many. Yeah. So, so many, many things. Like how many people are going to take claim for saving Stephen Adler's life? I thought. I did. Everyone in this room, like, you're number one. You were definitely the first person who tried. Well, also, uh, and suck with me, Mr. Garcia. Look, 25 years 25 later, years Don later. Miguel Ruiz also was instrumental in saving your life, too. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. big time. We got to try uh, to get that guy before this Tom Brady, Stephen Adler stuff gets I know. out. I know. That's <laughs> so funny. Even he did that. And he didn't go, I'm going to Disney. He said, I'm going to go home and read the four agreements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but listen, yeah. uh, how are we doing it's on time, Ms. Producer? You're done. We're done. Okay, we we got to wrap this thing up. This is a day in the life. No, but I want. I just want to make it clear that last little little thing we went through. I don't have resentment anymore. I'm just talking about the past and how it didn't help me because I get it. It was me are, when I got brothers. it. You guys are brothers. You guys are no, brothers. And Come I on. love them. And I, I love him. And I don't <laughs> want to put it at the end. <laughs> Actually, real brother. I, <laughs> real brother. It's easy for me to yeah. say, however you got here, we're all grateful. I'm just grateful. I, I, know I, this, I don't know I how know it was, the, but I am here. And I know the road here was not easy. And I know <laughs> everyone had bottoms for various stuff yeah. in the, in the, along the course. That's a miracle. I'm pointing at Deanna I over there. You. My queen. Ka- Carolina's a miracle. Yes. She's a uh, mama. I, they, they've all traveled a road less traveled. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah. here has. Oh, I, it was, and it was a broken down road too. And, and, mm, you give her the hip. One more Deanna story before we wrap it up. Go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, but you may want to flip the. Okay. One t- the time that Stephen was uh, kidnapped. <laughs> I said I. S- <laughs> Wait a minute. By the way, before I say anything else, you see these two handsome guys yes. on the sofa? Yes. I hatched both of well them. Done. Thank well you. done. Thank hatched. you. Well done. So anyway, so I, he, I, Jamie calls me up. He says, Ma, you got to drive Stephen to Los Angeles. I said, all right, because I want to help. Okay. I didn't know what was going to happen over there. They, they didn't tell me anything. You didn't take me to Los Angeles. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. They drugged me at this guy's oh, house. No, I'm not talking about that. This, oh. is, this is nothing. This, oh. this, this is something This is the time else. when she was smoking crack in the car with mom. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah, that one. So anyways, so I go to Stephen's house to pick him up, and he's angry because he's high already. He's yeah. angry. Yeah. And, he, and I said, Stephen, we got to leave by 2 o'clock because I can't see at night driving. You know, and it's going to get dark. So finally, about 5 o'clock, he's ready to go. He throws his suitcase. He throws your suitcase down the stairs. All right, let's go. So we get in the yeah. car, we get in the car, and I'm driving, and I've taken this trip numerous times. I know where I'm going. I know how to get from Las Vegas to L.A. He needs a little detour. 
No, no, yeah. no detour, nothing Where's like that. There? So I'm driving and I'm driving, and um, we're about an hour away from Los Angeles. And all of a sudden, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was. Oh, did you get high in the crack too? That's exactly, and I didn't know that at the time. Oh. So I, I said, <laughs> I stopped the car and I said, Stephen, I says, I don't understand. Why are we here? Where are we going? Oh, what are we no. doing? Look what you know, I did. Look you know, what I did. Because he's smoking crack in the car. Oh. He's smoking crack. And I keep telling him, I said, stop smoking. I don't want you smoking in the car. Stop smoking. So basically what you're saying is my mom smoked crack. Yeah. That's it's awesome. Crack is whack, mom. Crack is whack. So, so wait, yeah, there's a smoke crack. Now. Wait a minute. So anyway, so. I thought you did do drugs, Dan. I, I, I will not talk about unintentionally, that. Unintentionally. And so. I, I stopped the car and I said, Stephen, I says, I don't understand. I says, I don't know how to get to Los Angeles. <laughs> He's, and you know, he says to me, he says, Ma, don't worry, I'll guide you. Uh, and we he's got right he's so high on crack, and he's going to guide me. So like a dummy, I says, okay. <laughs> I, says, I, <laughs> says, I says, okay. So he's telling me how to get to Ventura Boulevard. And an hour later, we were in L.A. right where we had to be, mm. and I didn't know what I was doing. I was so happy that the police didn't stop us. Nobody looked at us, you know. Wow. It was crazy. But I drove all the way there, and I'm... And I'm Secondhand smoke, and I kept telling him, "Don't smoke in the car. Don't smoke." Yeah, but he doesn't don't, listen don't, to me. Don't. You know? So I didn't listen to you when I was eleven. I'm right, not listening why are you now. Listen now? <laughs> we're gonna start. We're gonna start you with still new, don't listen. With new campaigns about secondhand crack. Forget secondhand tobacco. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> so, right, Stephen. Pleasure, man. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. Good to see you, buddy. Thank you, Larry. Love you, Bob. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Jamie, we're gonna get a picture of two of us. Here we go. Ready? Photo. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up and take pictures. You can see on the website, go.drag.com. We'll see you next time.
gets worse here every day You learn to live like an animal in the jungle where you play Got a hunger for what you see You'll take it eventually You can have anything you want But you better not take it from me In the jungle Welcome to the jungle Gonna bring you to your knees To your knees here In the jungle Welcome to the jungle Gonna bring you serpentine Your serpentine Thank you.